aren't going to talk about everybody's favorite topic. We are, huh? We're going to talk about sin. We're going to talk about food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, food. That's that's very good, especially after Thanksgiving. What did you have for Thanksgiving? Oh, man, we had three Thanksgivings. Um, three? Yeah, and so I'm... So I'm, you were very grateful. I was very grateful. I've <laughs> been <laughs> <laughs> <But> now ashamed. <laughs> definitely put on some pounds after that Thanksgiving. It was really good food, though. Well, I, you know, this is a podcast on experiencing the truth, so I'm going to give a little life hack to all those people who are watching who made turkeys. Um, you, you can't, and I just found this out. I've been deep-frying turkeys like for years, best way to cook a turkey, I think. But, um, and I think there's like over fears and how you make it. Like everybody's afraid they're going to blow up their turkey if yeah. they deep fry it, but it, it's, it tastes amazing. But I was down at Ace Hardware and some guy out of the blue must have been an angel because I hadn't seen him before and then see him after. He said, uh, Do you brine your turkey before you cook it? And I was like, uh, What's that? And he's like, you should always brine your fowl before you cook it. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, I, I didn't even know who this guy was. I'd never yeah. met him before in my life. And he came up and he's like, yeah, you got to brine the turkey. And he went and started showing me all this stuff. I mean, it was like, dude, first of all, you don't know me. Yeah. And, and it's like, you're very committed to me having a good turkey this year. Mm. Well, we did it that way. Oh, man, I go up to everybody and tell them, have you brined your turkey? <laughs> it's the only way to do it. So if you didn't learn anything else today, you learned that the next time you do a turkey, you should brine it. And if you need words of wisdom, you go to Ace Hardware. That's right, because it's the helpful <laughs> hardware people now. That was my first job <laughs> that I went there. Uh, I, I worked there, and I knew I'm not a man's man. I, didn't, I don't know anything when it comes to, you know fixing up a house or using tools or anything, but I worked at Ace Hardware and I remember guys like it was just old timers. They would they would literally just come in because they wanted to talk. <laughs> they just wanna <laughs> they want to talk shop or whatever and they don't need anything fixed. They just want to talk to you. And, and so, you were a talkative kind of guy. Yeah. So that's why you went. That was so part of my job. Ace hardware, man. If you yep. want to learn how to cook your turkey dinner, show up at Ace Hardware. Hey sponsor us Ace Hardware. <laughs> yes. We just are showing you out. <laughs> Yeah, so there is there is a lot of questions that I always hear, um, not at Ace Hardware, but about uh, sin. Right? Yeah, about sin. Hey, tell me all if these. If you want like, to know about sin, uh, go to Ace Hardware. All these philosophical like <laughs> no, never that. But uh, on TikTok, um, and when when I've been going live, there's been a lot of a lot of people that have been more and more. I keep hearing about sin, which you know we always hear that. We always are people are always asking about sin. Uh, but one person specifically, he was talking about. He was talking to me, and he had a former Mormon, um, and is would consider himself seeking right now, uh, but was asking me like, how do I define sin, and what is sin? Because people people that are honest with themselves, intellectually honest, they're like, I want to know, am I living right? Am I wrong? How do I appease this God? How do I? And it all comes down to sin. And he was wanting me uh, to define that. And then since that conversation. Um, I feel like it's been more and more that I keep hearing that when people are like, okay, what is sin? I feel like I'm saying that every single live or when I'm witnessing to people, it's what is sin? What is sin? And I think people have um, really a weird thinking about sin and misconceptions about sin. Did God create sin? Why is there sin in the world if God is good? So this conversation, if you're you're listening right now, it's going to go a lot of different areas, uh, but we want you to kind of come along for the journey because we're just going to start wrestling with this topic um, and we'll see what comes of it. But 
Well, uh, you know, I think it's a lot more simple than we uh, probably understand sin. I mean, um, in James, it says that if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and does it not, hmm. it is sin for them. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The, it's a true definition. You know the good you ought to do and you do it not, it's sin for you. You know, I grew up in an Assembly of God church, um, incredible, well-meaning people and godly people there in heaven for sure. And, you know, it was during a period of time, which, which at that time we would have called the holiness movement. And hmm. really, holiness means to set apart. Yeah. And what that meant for those who in that day and age, uh, to holy means to set apart, but to them that meant you needed to wear dresses down to your ankles, women couldn't wear makeup, and if you did, that was probably sin. Uh, you had to wear your hair a certain way. Um, in my generation, it wasn't that way when I was growing up, but like you couldn't uh, go to movies, you couldn't play cards, uh, certain kind of cards. Uno was righteous. Skippo <laughs> also made the cut. You could play that. Um, uh. You couldn't do movies. And I mean, literally, it was said that, you know, it, because if the Lord came back and you're in a movie theater, you know, that wouldn't go good for you. To the point where if you cussed right before you got in a, in a car accident, it's cussing. Yeah. And um, if you cussed right before you died, would you go to heaven or hell? Hmm. And, and I think the problem is it's a misunderstanding of what grace is and what Christ did with sin, and it's a misunderstanding of what sin is. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think when you look at sin, isn't it amazing how we made the worst sins? Like, we had levels of sin. Yeah. And our worst sins were... Uh, drinking, uh, drugs, chewing and smoking, and dating girls who weren't Christians. Yeah. Right? But somehow we were okay with those who gossiped and slandered and didn't love and categorized some people as being uh, horrible and evil and deserving of hell mm-hmm. and others not. Like, we, we, uh, we ignored the seven abominable sins. Mm-hmm like gluttony and all of those things that the Bible talks about, and we inserted the sins that that we didn't like. And, and it's funny because for many people, everyone else's sins are far worse than theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a group of people who would say, yeah, that sin, those sins are really, really bad, but yeah. mine aren't as bad. Yeah. And, and we're really good at looking at everyone else's and, and never saying, well, this is something that, that I'm dealing with. These are sins that are attacking my life. And I say it just like that. Sin attacks us. It's a living thing. Um, it's not so much behavior. It, there, there are things you say, but I made the decision to do that, and that's what it says in James, mm-hmm. you know, good, and they ought to do, and does it not? To, it is sin for them, mm-hmm. and, and yet Romans 7 says it's sin living in us. Yeah. It, it's so it's so interesting, like, because it happened, and I think we talked about it last week, where... Um, it's funny when you read the Bible, like you can read something over and over and over and then something new sticks out to you. And it happened when I was, I was, I was reading in Genesis. I can't remember why, um, I was all the way back there, but I think it was in some Devo I was doing and I was reading it and you know, the part, like like the story of Cain and Abel, obviously Mm -hmm. (laughs) you get your masters. Uh, if you get the story of Cain and Abel, um, 
it, it talks. I remember always that you know you hear the story. If you guys are are listening right now and you're not really Christian, uh, the story of Cain and Abel in the very beginning. They're the offspring of Adam and Eve, and the fall has already happened. And these sons are offering sacrifices to God. Now Abel, Cain's brother, offered one that was pleasing to God. Cain did not. And so he was frustrated because dad has favor on Abel and not on me, my heavenly papa. And uh, and he was frustrated and his face was downcast. And then God God well, says... And, and in that moment, God says, Cain, you know yeah, what to conscience. do. He says, you know what you have to do for it to be acceptable. Yeah. And, and so people will ask, and this is interesting because hmm. this is thousands of years. This is 2,500 years before the law was even created. Yeah. And in this moment... Abel, what did he do? He brought the first of his, mm-hmm. the first, the tithe, the first fruit. Mm-hmm. Cain brought over a period of time. And God says, Cain, you know what you need to do. It hmm. wasn't that Cain did, God didn't love Cain. Interesting. God yeah. came to Cain and said, you know better. Just, you know that this is what you need to do. You bring the first mm-hmm. fruit or the firstborn of the flock, and and then then you're going. I'm going to bless that, and I'm going to. The interesting thing is, it's like I think what you just said. It's like I think a lot of us want to plead ignorance. We want to plead insanity. Yeah, you know, if you like, it's always like if you watch the Criminal Minds, and I don't, I can't even watch that. I started watching. This is a whole different topic, but there was a a point where I was binging Criminal Minds. And I was just like in a dark, weird state. I'm like, I cannot. This stuff is dark. People are messed up. I'm losing faith in humanity. Like, anyways. But I remember like people that were psycho that, you know, committed something full well knowing what they were doing to get out of it because of the the crime was that heinous. uh, They would have the ability to plead insanity. uh, And then they're just... You know, I, I don't know. Is that the case? You were a former lawyer that you can just kind of get out of the punishment well, that was. You don't get out of the punishment, but you don't get as severe a punishment. Yeah. Or you may be put in a different uh, lockup facility because mm-hmm. you're criminally insane. Yeah, and I think it's because again we talked about in the podcast. Um, maybe it had to have been last week or a couple weeks ago where we think that it's knowledge, just knowing more. Well, I don't know the Bible, so I don't know what sin is, or I don't know. Yeah, and that is the case, you know, to him. I think the problem is uh, with sin, and we'll get back to what you're saying, because I think where we're going, and that is we need to look at it. I think the problem is is we want something black and white of what sin is. We want Hmm. it black and white. Tell me what I can do, and tell me what I can't do. Like, if you Uh, go into a new job... yeah. And, and anybody who gets a new job, the first thing you try to figure out in those first that first month mm-hmm. is what's the culture of the place? What can I get away with? What can I get away yeah. with? Can I leave a half hour early or is that going to hmm. get me in trouble? Hmm. I, am I able to work on personal stuff or not? Yeah. Like what is the culture of the place when you get there? And so there's this uh, tension or uncertainty and an uncomfortable sense of when you come... Okay, so... What can and what can I do? And and the reality is, um, you know, when you come to Christ, one you have to understand what sin is. Christ purchased all of the sins. Um, you have to understand that sin uh, is really there to destroy you. Hmm. So it's like it's it's a thinking of how much of the sin can I take before it destroys me. Hmm. <laughs> and when we come to Christ. 
that that change of thinking, that repentance is a different way of thinking. We're no longer thinking of how much can I get away with without it destroying me. We're thinking how far can I get, how close can I get to Christ so that I can experience the blessing he has for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to toil in the, in the dump. Yeah. I want to live in the past. And it's what's your goal? Like, what's your destination? Like, my one of my favorite verses is throw off the sin that so easily entangles you so you can run with endurance. Like, what are you running to? I think a lot of times we don't understand what sin is is because we're not we're not familiar with the will of God and we don't know God. And so we're, we're, we're in the dumps, but we're not going anywhere. And so well, we get struggled. Yeah, and you, so like, so you come to Christ and you give your life to Christ. Are there sins that are operating your life? after you give your life to Christ, of course. But he purchased them. He Mm -hmm. owns them. So I no longer, in Romans 7, it says, no longer I that sins, it's sin living in me. What Paul is saying, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus Mm -hmm. because what sin used to do in me is bring condemnation. Now, there are people saying, yeah, but now that I know Christ, I don't want to sin. So I need to know what that sin is so I don't so I don't sin, which is incredible. Yeah. But the reality is is that the Holy Spirit and Christ work in tandem in mm-hmm. your life to begin dealing with that sin in your life. Mm-hmm. You couldn't overcome sin before Christ and mm-hmm. you can overcome sin after Christ. Yeah. It is the resurrection power of Christ living in you that yeah. overcomes it. And he's the source that that transformation in our life. Mm-hmm. And, and we, <coughs> excuse me, we ask God, we say, God, this is destroying my life. I, I'm asking that you would come and you would transform me in this, which brings us back to where you're at even in, in Genesis. Yeah, that there's a distinction between the desires and, and you know, it's in, with the conscious that you were talking about before, like, you do know better. Like, you know, when your parents would look at you and be like, you know better. Yeah, but like, Satan where made you, me do it. Yeah, like, well, you. It's not it's not true. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's like when you look at, when, when you... I think that's the thing. We we want to claim ignorance because then there's no accountability. But the truth is, like, we know better. And that's what God knew. Like, Cain, if you do what is good, will you not be accepted? But if you do what is evil, this is where it, this is where it said, I don't think it was evil, but if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Yeah, isn't that funny how we know that sin, there is no good ending to sin. There's no no ride in the sunset, live happily ever after with sin. Sin always leads to death and destruction. In fact, it says in James, it says that when, uh, when we follow our evil desires... Those evil desires give birth to sin, yeah. and sin then gives birth to death. Mm-hmm. And how often is that the truth? Yeah. Um, the, sin is destructive mm-hmm. in our life, which is why there should be a pursuit in us mm-hmm. to, to really ask the Holy Spirit, God, crucify, judge those behaviors, judge those evil desires in me. Mm-hmm. We're righteous because of what Christ did. Yeah. So, Should a Christian call themselves a sinner? I know a lot of times, and this is an interesting thing because yeah. I want you to touch on this. So a lot of Christians, and what I hear, and this is something that I got called out 
because I know I knew how much sin I committed uh, and really ashamed, but in a holy way, I thought that self-deprecation by calling me how worthless and such a sinner I am was holy. As Christians, should we call ourselves sinners? No, and it really flows into what you were just saying in Genesis. Um, and, and, And so when you identify as a sinner what is that going to cause you to become? Hmm. If you identify as being dumb, you're probably going to... What you identify, you often hit the mark you're aiming at. Yeah. So if you call yourself a sinner, you're probably going to hit the mark. Mm-hmm. Sin is missing the mark, Yeah. right? <laughs> we are the child of God. Sin causes us to miss the mark. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there are, there's a thing called iniquity, in this as well, and we should probably hit on iniquity. Iniquity, so if sin is missing the mark, it's shooting an arrow, you miss the mark. Iniquity is trying to sh- trying to hit the target with a bent arrow. Hmm. Uh, David said, it was in my loins to sin with Bathsheba before, uh, w- before I was ever born, meaning that his mother was, his great-grandmother was Rahab, a prostitute, that it, it was actually in him generationally, to, to sin with Bathsheba, he struggled with uh, lust. And you see that in David, and you see that in Solomon, hmm. with the number of concubines and wives that they had, and yet God used them even You know in what's all interesting? That. That's an interesting... I want to stop you because I was going to forget it. I was listening to a podcast, and it's been going through the Bible, and it was talking about... I didn't even catch this before. You know when Abraham went to Egypt mm-hmm. and then he was scared that, you know, the Egyptians were going to take his life and so then he said that his his wife Sarah was actually his sister and then the Pharaoh found out about it and is like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like you're going to curse my household. Like what do you like take whatever you want and get out of here? Like why would you lie to me?" And then he does it again. Does it and twice. then and then not only that, you see with Isaac Isaac and Rachel, or Isaac and Rebecca, or is it Rachel? Yeah. Rebecca. And uh, Isaac does it with Rebecca, uh, the same well, it's, exact... it's called, and, and, they, and it's a common thing in the, the generational curses, that yeah. you see a generational curse that went to the third or fourth generation. Oh, the cross breaks that curse. Hmm. The cross breaks iniquities in our life. Hmm. The, what Christ did on the cross was to break the power of sin and death, yeah. generational curses, over our life. So when we come to Christ, he births in us a spirit man, which is perfect. Yeah. So you should be identifying with the spirit in you that is perfect more yeah. than this, that part of you that uh, has sin operating in you. Yeah. You're, the Bible says you are no longer a sinner, mm-hmm. but you're a new creation. You don't think like a sinner, you start to think dinner, different. So so here's the thing in, in Genesis that I think is in He says, sin is crouching at your door. Yeah. You must rule over it. Hmm. So the question is, is how do you rule over sin? Well, it goes right back to repentance. It's changing the way you think. Yeah. Um, you have to, one, believe that Christ purchased the guilt and shame of that sin over your life. That's the first way you rule over your sin. Yeah. So if you're somebody who's struggling with pornography right now, and uh, you gave your life to Christ, and your expectation was, I'm no longer a sinner, but I'm still struggling with porn, or I'm still struggling with stealing, or I'm still struggling with lying right now, and I'm still... Hmm. That doesn't diminish the price Christ paid for your sin. He paid for your sin. He owns yeah. it, right? It's yeah. his sin. 
mm-hmm. whatever that is. And it may be something God told you that needed change and you still do it. That's sin. Christ purchased that sin. There is no willful sin. All of it is willful. Okay. <laughs> so when they, well, you willingly did it. So Christ doesn't pay for it. Well, then how do you get, are you then no longer able to be saved? It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. All sin is willful. That's what it says. When your evil desires give birth to sin and sin death, well, mm-hmm. Christ purchased that sin. So it all belongs to him, right? Yeah. That's, but the first way we rule is when that happens, we have to first accept the you got to be in the mindset that it was not my sin. Yeah. Some of you got to take responsibility for your sin. Yeah, I can go to the Lord and said, this thing is operating in me. It's not who I am. Mm. You have to know your identity. Mm. And if you know your identity is I'm a child of God, mm-hmm. I'm a child of God, then how do you rule? You trust, you put your faith in God's power mm-hmm. to set you free from it, not in your willpower. And I think a lot of Christian circles and and, and counseling things, which I believe in counseling. However, counseling without the power of the Holy Spirit is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. The knowledge of good does not have the power to help you deal with the knowledge of evil. Mm-hmm. You need the tree of life. Yeah. The tree of life is what empowers you. So the second thing that you need, one, you, you need to know your identity. Because when you know who your identity is, it changes your beliefs. Yeah. When your beliefs change, when you believe you're a child of God and that on the cross, God gave you the power to overcome the sin operating in your life, your capability changes. Mm-hmm. And and that's, that's the problem. If your capability, if you don't believe I have the ability to change, you give up. And a lot of people who lose the capability or don't see or experience the capability to overcome sin... Don't just give up on trying to conquer sin. They give up on God completely. Mm. Like if I can't play by his rules, then I'll just walk away from God. And that is literally a misunderstanding, a deception the enemy has kind of snuck in. Christ is the power that helps you overcome sin. Don't give up on God because you're still falling in this. That's when you need to give up on your own ability and say, God, I got to trust you in this. Hmm. So you have to rule over. It's changing what you believe ab- about that sin. I'm going to rule over it. This sin is not sending me to hell. I am not a sinner. So this is not who I am. Um, this is going to be conquered because Christ per- So I am going to get free from this thing. I have faith in that, and I'm going to stand on that. I think I like the, I like the statement... Uh, Instead of, I'm going to give my life to Christ, like I'm giving him something, I like the word surrender yeah. more. And I think it's not just, because we say like, oh, you got to give your life to Christ, you got to give, you got to give, you got to give, which is similar, but I like the word surrender because I think it plays into the the words that we say, into thinking that how we operate as followers of Christ when we've surrendered our life to him, that we've surrendered our will, we've surrendered our trying. It's not about how hard you work, or because that's how I I fell when I when I walked away from Christ uh, senior year, and 
just I fell away because of shame that I had. I messed up, and then I was like, you know what? I'm disqualified. And then I just kept down that road because I was I was too ashamed because I, like I knew what I what I did, and I was like, well, I feel condemned in the church. I feel like God is is going to be mad at me or ashamed of me or I'm just discounted. And so then I I went I, I went further into my sin because that's where I got fulfillment quote unquote, like fulfillment and satisfaction because I no longer found it in Christ because I thought that now I was just junk or trash because that's what sin did to me. And it took me a while to change that way of thinking and realize the freedom in it. Like the... the that's because Jesus is a different operating oh system. Oh my goodness. And when you realize that, my heart for lost people is even more so changed than when I first came to Christ's experience as presence because I was like, who can stop God?